Welcome to the Raise Your Energy podcast. My name is Linda Lange and I'm your host and energy expert. In this episode, I interview my dear friend Nicole Kincaid about her zone of genius, staffology. Nicole loves organizing, tidying and putting things right. This odd propensity is her sacred ground. The challenge of sorting things out like junk drawers, thoughts, cupboards, digital information, garages, <laughs> belief systems, anything that can be unraveled and untangled fascinates her. Nicole thrives on connecting with humans and their spaces, and she calls her unique spin on traditional organizing stuffology. Listening to this episode, you will find out what stuffology is and why it is different to traditional decluttering. You get so many tips and tricks that you can apply directly into your own living space. Let's get started. Okay, welcome everybody. I am so honored to have Nicole here, my dear, dear friend. And it is a pleasure to talk with her today all about staphology. And we will find out from her what that actually is and what it can help you with. So welcome, Nicole. I am so honored to have you here. Welcome, welcome. And I'm so happy and thankful for having you here. <laughs> Thank you. Same. Right back at you. Yes. So <laughs> let us start off with you actually introducing yourself a little bit and the audience getting to know you a bit more by maybe sharing with us about your story and actually your path in getting where you are now and doing what you're doing, which is staphology. So how did you get there? Tell us a bit more. So I've always been a person that I, I, I say that organizing is in my DNA. Like I just have always been that way ever since I've been a little kid. I have liked to have things a certain way. And I um, will am kind of that person where anytime I go into a new room or a new environment, yeah. I'm just always looking for how it could be like, like, oh, this is what I would do differently or whatnot. But what happened was, is that I moved around a lot as a child. And um, mm -hmm. I went to um, 13 elementary schools and four junior high schools. And then I moved in with my father, um, and things started to settle down. But, you know, Linda, the interesting thing was, is that all that moving around, it gave me this way of like, or like making my world safe and like because I would mm -hmm. not not the moving around part but the like unpacking and the putting my bedroom you know in order it was like there was this really chaotic environment that I lived in but I would just yeah. spend all of this time making sure that my bedroom was perf like just so and then I would unpack and like just very very great you know great detail and that just made me feel like things were going to be okay you know and mm. then um when I was 19 years old my mom um sent me over to her best friend's house who was going through a really, really, really difficult divorce. And this woman had been kind of bedridden for a couple months and 
uh, mm-hmm. was going through pretty serious depression. And then she had found out that she also had to sell her home. So she had lived oh. in the home for years and had raised her kids there. And my mom was like, you need to go over and help her because she's like, she just can't do that on her own. I go, okay. So I went over and, um, you know, I knew that I could help her. Like I knew that I had organized, like had these mad skills of organization and whatnot. <laughs> but what came up for me when I started to work with her was just how much other support she needed to in the way of being truly listened to and witnessed. And, you know, she's going through 20 plus years of memories and, and belongings mm. and, and all of this visual representation of this life that she was dismantling. And wow. I found, you know, I don't know how I knew this as a 19 year old, but there was a lot of time where I was just quiet with her and just letting her have her moments of mm. processing what she needed to go through in order to make this monumental shift in her life. And that is how I started off doing this work for other people. <laughs> with wow. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. That means that you've got to your calling, so to say, really early in your life already, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, and how did it develop? I mean, sometimes we can meet our calling quite early, but then don't go with it, right? <laughs> we might yeah. not follow our path very much. How did you go then on that journey with that calling, with that with that fire that got ignited? How did you keep going or did you go in and out? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like a straight line, right? Um, yeah. I went, yeah. I went to call. I was always kind of like, well, I know how to do that, but it's not like I'm going to make a living out of it. It's kind of how I felt. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I, I did, I went, I went on to college and then I could, I would do it sort of, um, you know, as a part-time job, but I also had like regular mm. part-time jobs too. But what really, um, was the rebirth of this work where it really started to like, um, makes sense for me to offer it to the to offer it in a bigger way, I guess, was when um, in uh, about 20 years ago, I got really, really sick. And oh. I didn't know what was going on. And I went to all the doctors, Linda, and I got all the blood work done. And I got the scans mm. and I got and I just I know the doc like there wasn't um, any container that fit my symptoms in (laughs) in Mm. western medicine so i Mm. quit my so i was like well i had this moment where the doctor told me what she thought it was she sat me down and she was like i think you like this is months and months later like we've been going on trying to figure it out right and she finally Mm. said i think i think what's going on is that you're depressed and i had this like kind of like an out of body experience, you know, where I was watching myself with having with this conversation that was going on between me and this doctor. And what I said to myself was, you're not depressed. She just doesn't know. Mm. And that's okay. Like I was really resolved. But what happened in that moment was I also knew that I had to sort it out. I had to figure it out. I had to Mm. go find out why 
I didn't have any energy. That was really the nature of my illness mm. is I didn't have any energy, right? So I ended up going to this program. I live in Seattle, Washington in the United States. And I went, ended up going to this post-grad program here at this naturopathic um, university in my area. And they were offering a program called Spirituality, Health, and Medicine. And that mm -hmm. is when I started learning about energy. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And so I um, started healing. I started getting better. And I was really aware of why I was getting better. But then I had to go back out and work. And I yeah. always remember <laughs> that I always remembered that like I liked doing that work with people like in the traditional terms it's called clutter clearing and organizing, right? And I liked doing yeah. it. But I remember Linda that I'd always felt like really depleted after I worked with people. <laughs> like oh, I was always okay, like Okay, yeah. Oh mm -hmm. my god, I was so heavy, right? I mean, because it is heavy, you know? I mean it's heavy yeah. duty work. And um and so I started going out and working with people, doing this work called clutter clearing organizing traditionally, but I was really compelled about what would happen if I approached it from more of an energetic point of view and really <sighs> just listened to people more about what was going on in their own environments and what mm. they said about they have and their stuff and kind of did more of a journey with them and then wrapped that up all into the container of me really knowing that I had the skill set to be able to navigate them through to more order and that's how that all got started so I started and then I changed the name of it to stuffology <laughs> because I was like that makes way <laughs> I didn't want people just to think I was going to come over and do it for them you know what I mean that's not what yeah. I do you know what I mean <laughs> Or that I was going to tell them they couldn't have, you know, they could only have this many t-shirts or you can only, it's like, I don't, do it, I don't do it that way, you know? And so I needed to come up with a different language for it. And I did. And that's what I've been working on pretty much ever since. I had some rerouting here and there, but I, yeah, this is definitely the work I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> That is so beautiful. Uh, and thank you for sharing your journey in that regards, that how you went through a more difficult part in your life and, and how you got to a new way of actually doing it, right? It helped yeah. you to create something new. And of course, energy. Hey, we love the topic of energy, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. <laughs> that building it into it and from from what you've just already told us, it seems like you you're kind of even more of a coach and a listener, right? A spiritual listener when you go and help people. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit? Most people probably know by now the concept of the decluttering and organizing mm -hmm. from TV shows and from mm -hmm. books that are out there. So tell us a little bit more of how stuffology is different from this traditional method that most people know about. So give us a bit of a distinction. Yes. So um, I am fully aware that I have this really defined skill set around how to organize and how to declutter. The new buzzword for decluttering, which I really, really love, is actually called editing. And I actually love that oh, word. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. So home, <laughs> home editing. Um, but I do do it very differently because 
I, for one, I don't work without the clients there. Um, and I know that seems like an odd thing. Uh, well, of course mm-hmm. you don't, but like, um, there are, you know, a lot of professional organizers that will go in and just whoosh, you know, uh, I don't do that. Yeah. And so when I go in and work with people, I, uh, we do have a conversation because I want to mm. know why they have what they have. And so, um, I, I truly feel like when I'm successful at my job working with a client, mm. I feel like it's because they have come up with all of the answers and information that they needed to get to in order to have the space. Not me saying like the the example I always use is that like, I'm leaving at the end of the day. Like it doesn't help for me to help you set up your environment according to what I think you should do. That doesn't make any sense. Like let's figure out, what you do, like how you Mm. are in your space, you know, and like you and I were having a conversation last week around just countertops. And I mean, I know this sounds really obvious, but like everybody, like there's, there's a whole range. I mean, everybody's so different. You know what I mean? There's a whole range of people who, um, you know, this whole kaleidoscope of different personalities and how we prefer things in our environment. But you know what? That We don't actually give ourselves permission to have that. Um, We think that like, oh, this person that designed that, um, that the organizing system at the department store, they, that's how you're supposed to organize. So we don't Mm. allow ourselves to have to like investigate well what how do I want my environment to look and that is very much what my conversation looks like with clients really about like telling them that's not going to work for you because you don't even like operate that way like you don't that doesn't make sense for who you are you know we've got to find systems that work for who you are so that when I leave they they hold does that make sense like they don't fall it makes apart. so yeah it makes so much sense and I think what I'm starting to connect is as well like your personality and the space you're living in mm-hmm. I, and I know we talked about it last week and I probably just make the connection now that yeah quite often we just live with what we are given, right? Like we just have that amount of counter space and we try to get as much or as little into it. But I've never thought about too much of bringing in my personality and my preferences and from other areas of my life into my home. I know what I like and what I don't like, but I've never thought about my personality in my home. And I think... That is just, it must be just so much more fulfilling and to live in that space, right? When you've worked mm-hmm. with with you, for example, to, who who really helps you to understand your, your preferences and bring it into your own space. It's just, it sounds like magic. Yeah. <laughs> well, you move, you remo- what you do is you remove a lot of the aggravation and resistance and frustration mm. and irritation when you set up your environment, your home space or whatever space Mm. you can be an office space to reflect you you know what I mean and when you don't Mm. set it up that way you you do get irritated in your own spaces and and your own space like your very own home like don't we want that to be like so comfy and or or so 
like the way that we want it, like, com- like, um, like, well, whatever those words would be. Like, that's how one of the questions I yeah. ask people, like, how do you want your home to feel? Like, what's the experience you want to have here? Yes. Um, and, you know, some people, some people are like, I just want it to be like a little sanctuary. And some people are like, I want it to feel really productive and like real, you know, for yeah. it to just emanate creative energy or whatever. But it's really important that people give themselves permission to have things the way that they want to have them. And uh, another, I mean, and you know, speaking of this, like, oh, how am I different? Like, I always tell my clients, you don't have to get rid of anything you don't want to get rid of. Like, mm. they're like, what? You know, like, what do you mean? I don't have to get, and I'm like, Yay! <laughs> yeah, you can keep whatever you want to keep. Like, because it's your stuff. You know what I mean? And you get to make mm. those choices. But there's a conversation we're going to have around why you have what you have that's going to help you mm. then parcel out, is this thing, is this stuff uh, really still relevant for your life? Like, do you want to carry it into your present? Into your, do you want to have it in your present and carry it into your future? Like, mm, do you want it to have space mm. in your space? And that's really an important thing because you know what, Linda, a lot of people live in spaces they don't like and, or they don't even love. Yeah. And they just like think that's the way it's supposed to be. And it's not, isn't that weird? I mean, that just blows my mind. Like you can even just do little things to like Mm. bring in, you know, have an environment that you like more, but to like, not like your space. Like that's my, that's my, my driving question of like, what's going on here where you don't, you're not like jiving with your space or like you don't like it. Like let's have that conversation. Oh, well it's this. I just, I hate the way it feels over here. And, uh, it's, yeah. you know, and it's like, Oh, so we, we very little bit at a time. Mm. Take that, um, take that apart and have that conversation about it. It's amazing. And I would say that as a person who, has not much given it a thought is that how many spaces do I have in my home where I just live with what is there, right? And maybe with some resistance, maybe with frustration, Mm -hmm. with aggravation, instead of asking myself, what what do I want it to be? So I I for sure, after our (laughs) recording, (laughs) in the next few days, we'll go with with open eyes and open feelings through my home mm-hmm. and um, try to find these spaces because yeah, like we're living in this space, we're existing in this space, we're paying for this space. Mm-hmm. Why should we not feel better in it? Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how does that kind of work? Tell me a little bit more about how that works when you live with other people. So let's say you live with a partner, like let's not talk about kids, but just if you have two adults in a household. So how do you work with people and how do you get them on board or on the same page? Yes, that is a really big topic. It's a, and it's actually kind of an advanced topic because it is um, way more simplified when you're just working with one person and their things and their Mm. stuff, you know. But the truth is, most people share space, and you do then have to have that conversation around. what's that going to be like? And 
I oftentimes call it a negotiation. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't mean, <laughs> and it's not that um, anyone has to relent or, well, that, you know, this is just the way they are going to have it. I guess I don't get what I want. But I do have um, some tools that I do use with couples or partners or husbands and wives because. I think a lot of times there can be some bad feelings between mm. people and um, yeah. where they have just sort of like come to terms with just, well, my husband's, you know, um, tool room is just always going to be like that. And every time I walk through that mm. area, that, you know, that's just, gonna, that's just, you know, I, like there's nothing I can do about it. Right. But when you start changing the conversation and, reminding people that they really do like and love that person that they live with. And then you give mm. them a tool to have a conversation with the other person around, okay, let's say we're in the kitchen and we, I do this thing called roam your home. And it's when you dial way, 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 way down and only work on little tiny areas, because otherwise if you work mm. on big areas and like, you know, sadly clutter clearing and organizing has gotten caught up in this cleaning, tidying up category that, and people, because they get so overwhelmed by, you know, having mm. stuff and a mess, I'm going to get back to your question, by the way, but I have to explain this first. They, um, they put it into this whole, well, we'll just do it on the weekend. You know, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get the thing organized on the weekend. You know, well, the truth is, is that organized, like our spaces are always changing just like we are. And so just taking stressful weekends where we feel overwhelmed and not that happy about doing it and trying to like jam Mm. in, you know, organizing into that, it doesn't really work that well. So I, so I invented this thing called roam your home and it's meant to be like a lifestyle tool, like where you just use it. Like when you feel like I want to, Oh, like something catches your attention and you're like, I want to get back to that, you know, because you size it down to like a little tiny Mm. area um, or an area of your choice. And then you give yourself a time parameter because the, the trick of broom your home is leaving the project when you still have gas in your tank and you still feel really good, like leaving it with <sighs> an, el- like with an elevated emotion. Like you're like, Oh my God, that felt yeah. so good. But most people don't do That's that. So good, yeah. They leave, yeah. like they just go, go, go. I got to get it done. We've got this one weekend to organize a stupid garage. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they feel, you know, those are all like survival emotions down there. Those are all like, And I very much believe that stuffology is about creation. You know, it's about like, like feeling good about our spaces, about implementing wonder and light and, and positive, you know, like uh, good feeling emotions into our Mm. space so they can reflect that back to us. Right. So when I work with couples, say I'm doing that roam your home and we get to like, um, let's say the refrigerator and say you've got a couple and they just operate really differently with how they want and organized. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I will ask them is, okay, for you on a scale of one to 10, how important is this refrigerator to you? 
and I, and I go, and I want you to be really honest. Just like, just give me your number of like, Hmm. I really have to have this be a certain way or I can be kind of flexible or yeah, uh, it's okay. And then I turn to the other person with them there, you know, they, they're both there. And I'm like, okay, you just heard mm. their number. Now you remember that you love this person and you like this person and you're with this person for a reason, even though they're a roommate. I mean, hopefully you live with the person you like, right? Now I want you to say on a scale of one to 10, how important to you is it that this, how important is this area to you? Is this refrigerator to you? You know, Linda, I've never had two people come up with the same number, you know, like really not because they see, wow, really not, you know, because they see in that moment with, with what the person just shared, because it's never just a number. They go, Oh, it's a seven to me. I mean, it would be great if it looked a certain way, but it doesn't, I mean, it's just, it's just more mm. like you're, you know, and then the other person is like, I just, it's a nine. Like, I just have to have it be, a, oh, really? You're a nine? And they figure out something with one another. And it's like, oh my God, oh, I know you're a nine. Yeah. But then that doesn't mean that that person who has the higher number gets to have everything be their way. It just means that they get to be the lead on the project. Right. And, and they get to Got be it. the final decision maker if there's a sticky point. Because they're because But they, the other person can still say oh, something, give their totally input. Yeah. yeah. And they really okay. love that because it gives them um involvement and you know what? It gives them connection to one another. They feel like mm. they're being heard, like I'm still gonna get a say in this. And yeah. Uh, but they are okay with deferring to the other person who has the higher number. I went, I worked with, I, I, I was, I worked with a man one time who um, was going through a divorce and um, mm. moving into his own place. But one of the things that he told me about when he was married was that, um, and so he needs some help like organizing his home, right? Because he had no mm -hmm. idea. And he goes, one of, and he told me this story and I literally almost cried when he told this to me because he told me that he left for work one day and he came home and his wife had like painted like their bedroom, like this crazy color, you know, like that he would never, and like, and then just reorganized everything. And he had no idea she was going to do that. And he was like, oh my God. He, I mean, he literally felt so um, heartbroken because he was just like, I have to live in this room too. That color is like, I never would have picked that color. Oh, wow. And, now felt, and I was yeah. like, oh. And it just really illustrated to me like how much we really do need to involve the other people in our yeah. lives, in our spaces, because we share space. You don't want to yeah. build in resentment or frustration or anger or like re resignation you want yes there to be some win-wins you want people to be like yeah you know this isn't yeah. perfect but she was a nine and i was a seven so i can work with that like that feels like mm. better you know yeah absolutely i totally agree you need to be some kind on 
the same page, even if you don't agree on everything, but you minimum need to check in before you do something like that. Yeah. So I can I can feel for him, even if you might not be that engaged in how your house looks like, but coming into a bedroom where you want to rest and have a color that you really <laughs> dislike. Yeah. yeah, if I imagine myself having that experience, that wouldn't be good. No, absolutely not. No, because you want to cultivate... Um, connection and cooperation with mm. each other you know and um and that did not do so you know and um mm. i think about honestly like these weren't so emotionally loaded but i used to have this client who um would have me this is so long ago but she had moved into like this high-rise apartment it was so she was such a cool lady. And uh, I moved her in, I unpacked her. And then she called me like a couple months later. And she was like, Can you come over and do your thing? She'd always be like, Come over and do your magic, Nicole, do your magic. And I'd be like, Okay, (laughs) so I would go over there, she would be at work. And I would organize her whole space for her, I would just go throughout her space and go do 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 do. And then Linda, she would call me in like another couple months. And every time I would go back, it would be worse than the time that I went there before. Like it would be more, there'd be more disorder. And I was like, after a while, I was like, what is going on here? And I was like, Mm. I know what's going on here. And what's going on here is that she loves walking in the door at the end of the day and after I'd been there and seen everything like totally pristine, but yeah. it's as if I was going to live there, not her, because I had set up ah. her environment for all of my systems. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Like, you know, like her, the whole place just looked like, you know, but it's like, she, like, I didn't even know anything about her. It's like, you know, like, if you even think about if you're right handed, or if you're left handed, and like how that impacts ah. how you how you like go like this in your closet with your clothes when you're looking for a blouse, or you go like mm. this, like you've got to really observe people. Because if you if if like, do you have all of your clothes hanging in the same direction, like all the opening, like, are all the openings to your clothing, are, are they facing all one direction? Uh, yeah, most most of them are. I like to have them, like the openings look to the left, yes. Yes, me too. Are you right-handed? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay, so that makes sense because you're going in and then you're going whoop because your dominant hand is right, you know what I mean? And so you're going like right. that. Yes. So what if she was left-handed? I'm just saying. And that, and so oh, every yeah. t- time she goes into her closet, she's like, <laughs> you know, but she doesn't realize it because she's just paid me to do this. It looks great, you know, because we haven't had that, yeah. deeper, that deeper conversation. So I've just, so she's like, you know, but then there, you know, there's some people they, they want to, they want to slide to the left. <laughs> there's some people. Yeah. And there's some people that like, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, mm. if they're left-handed, right-handed, or ambidextrous, you are never in a million years going to get them to like hang their clothes with 
them facing the same like that's just not who they are so you have yeah. to know who you're working with and like then be able to set up systems that help them be and their partners and their family members be in a better you know feel good around their home feel good in their home and i think that's that's a good point as well and you mentioned it to you mentioned it earlier already to talk about systems and your system and it wasn't her systems And I had once before a person who came in. It was actually like a pilot program for something like oh. the Home Edit in Germany. And she came in and uh, she selected me to come in and do my kitchen and uh, a really big closet. But she did it more in the traditional way that you just described was a bit different. Whereas she did it kind of all for me. And then, of course, one year later, it wasn't like that anymore. So exactly, <laughs> that is exactly what the, I, I think that. Yeah, that was exactly it. I mean, it looked all amazing, and I was so mm -hmm. happy. And for a few months, I was able to keep it like that. But let me just give you one example. She put all of my high heels in like see-through boxes all put on top of each other and it took an, a, a huge amount of space in that wardrobe with all of that see-through boxes, right? Uh -huh. And of course, what happens one year later, first of all, I don't wear them very often, so they got pushed to the back and then other stuff was in front of it because I needed the space. Yes. And I couldn't just keep that space for shoes that I hardly ever wear. And then bit by bit over time, the see-through boxes were used for other things <laughs> instead of shoes mm -hmm. because I needed the space or I needed the box. So yeah, I, I guess there is something else that needs to be done, of course, to set people up for success, right? Oh my God, that is literally such a perfect example because had she <laughs> had a conversation with you about who you are, Oh my God. I mean, mm, think about yeah. all of like, and this is what people do to themselves, Linda. They go to, we have this place called Target here. Do you guys have Targets in Germany? Yeah. Yeah. We, they, go to, <laughs> they go to Target and they look at all of those organizing systems and they watch the TV shows and then they set up, okay, you guys, That person in Bangladesh that created that organizing system, that, that, that intelligent <laughs> engineer, they have no idea who you are. But we yeah. don't know where our systems are because we don't know the right questions to ask and we're not used to self-observing. We're already in overwhelm. And then we're stressed out because we feel like we have to cram organizing into these, into these weekends or whatever. And we think we should be able to do it ourselves. So we don't ask for help. Oh my gosh, I think everybody should get a home organizer help once a year. Like just do like a nice brush up in your place because then they go and they spend time and money and energy implementing systems that people who don't even know you invented. And I just, there's nothing, like I, I post on my social <laughs> media, like all the time, like often I should do it more of those perfectly organized refrigerators or perfectly organized closets that, that I see organizers post. And I always say like, hey everyone, I just want you to know I've been organizing for over 30 years. 
no one's closets look like this. No one, no one, not even like my, my, my mom, my stepmom, who was the most organized person on the planet. Like even she had her own little idiosyncrasies in her own closet and her own systems yeah. that didn't have that like look of perfection. So people need to give that up and then like realize, you know, for example, I don't have all of my pants hung up as some of my pants hung mm-hmm. up. I have some of them folded. I have some of my sweaters hung up, but then I have lighter weight sweaters hung up and I have heavier weight sweaters folded. Yeah. I mean, it just depends. Mm. But when you work with people and you ask them probing questions, they will give you all of these answers. And then you can figure out yeah. your systems. And, I do, and it's all, the whole reason behind all of this inquiry is because when your home feels really, really good, it then is powered on and it starts to like then be able to support you more because you don't have like this energy of resistance mm. and fatigue or frustration or irritation lingering all around you. And you can go more quickly into your creative self. That is so Perfect. And I think that's something as well. I mean, I've always been a fairly tidy person, but I think I've just learned as well recently that how, how it is connected that I'm calm and collected inside of me and in my mind, Mm -hmm. but then the outside has to kind of mirror that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. vice versa. So if my outside, my home is not that, it has an impact on my mind and my state of being and vice versa. If, if I am calm actually, and I feel quite well, I'm like, okay, that needs to be tidied up. I need to finally (laughs) deal with this. It's like, I, I, I feel like these two things are really heavily connected and I don't think a lot of people know that I mean we know that a little bit from the Japanese word zen right mm-hmm. um, where it's a bit talked about it but I don't think a lot of people really see the seriousness in that so I love that you mentioned that because I feel like it as well that if people say to me oh I'm so scattered or I'm a bit confused or I have I don't know where to go next it's like maybe start with tidying up your desk (laughs) or or putting putting your washing away and don't let it out there (laughs) so you know these kind of little things so I've yeah I I feel it now more in in my life as well that it has a direct impact the outside on the inside yeah yes and what you were saying too about you being already naturally organized well it's funny because there are i call them the organized disorganized people and i don't mean that they're actually (laughs) disorganized but i mean that like for example if i walked into an organized disorganized home and they just Mm -hmm. had all of their glasses and all of their plates and all of their all of their uh water glasses or you know, all of their wine glasses, all of their, um, you know, martini glasses or whatever, all of that. And it all looked beautiful, right? But Mm -hmm. if you were to actually take everything out of those, of that cabinet Mm -hmm. and then say like, okay, let's make sure all of this is relevant to you. Relevant is the word I love to Mm -hmm. use. 
because does right. and, and they were like god why do i have all of these wine glasses like i have like 24 like i don't need them all here you know or i don't mm. need all of these water glasses or i don't need like i don't want all of these like because all of a sudden they start seeing that even though it looked organized it still it, it yeah it looked flat it, it didn't like have vitality because they just it was just like holding a place Holding, yes. holding space. So I tell even organized people, I'm like, just go through your thing. Like, even if your closets are really organized, like I went through my closet the other day and I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. Like, I don't even, ha- I don't even wear, like, like <laughs> I wear all the clothes in the center, you know, but there was still, yeah. you know, so like, and that's perfect. You know, that's a good, that's an, actually a pretty logical way to organize is to put your most the things that you wear the most down the center mm. of your closet, right? I mean, a lot, I see that a lot, right? But the outer edges, and so I just kind of took a pass at it, even though it looked really organized. Like they were all hanging straight, and I personally mm. like to have pretty similar hangers because I just like the look of that visually. Um, but I was like, oh, man, like I just don't – like some of these things are truly not relevant anymore in my life. Like I just mm. don't – I just, I'm not even going to wear this ever. I think that ever, is, ever, 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 ever. That is, yeah. <laughs> and, and while you, while you were talking, I was just thinking about, I mean, the work that we both are doing as well yeah. is, is letting go of things, right? Like letting go of emotions, letting go of limiting beliefs. And it's kind of feels very much the same because you're saying that somebody can be very organized and very tidy and it's all very clean, but it might just kind of be a mask. It's not your full personality. It's just what you like to portray to the outside, but it's not really who you are anymore. Maybe it was you five years ago, or it was maybe you, what you think that's who you're supposed to be and that's how you're supposed to look like. But really, it's not truly you. So again, you kind of not feel that well, even that your house looks perfect to the outside. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so yeah. on that note, like, our things very much hold energy. And they right. that's why you want to take time and why you want to size down and do little bits of time because I call it the jack in the box. Like you don't know what's going to come out at you. Like you don't know <laughs> if, you know, if something is, you're going to run into something that triggers off an emotional chain reaction that then you need mm. to spend some time. You don't want to pass over. You want to metabolize it. Right. So I had this dress in my closet and I have mm-hmm. had you, Linda, I've had this dress for 25 years, <laughs> but it's classic. It's just like this, like sundress, really cute. And I finally, like, I looked at it and I'm like, okay, you haven't worn it in like 20, 20 years, 20 plus years. <laughs> wow. And I just was like, I want to, I want to feel into this. Like what is going on? Like, I do. I mean, this is my life, and I still had to like pot. And I was like, "Oh, I am tapping into memories here." Because as soon mm. as I took that dress out of the, I looked at it, and I remembered 
that I wore it to a wedding that was down in California. Mm. That my fr- it was a great wedding. There was a big party. I got to see all my friends from college. We I and we danced. I remember exactly where I was sitting underneath a tent, and uh, I just remember like just we just were up all night. Da da da. And I was like, all of all of that, Linda was in that. Wow. Dress. It was all in that dress. So subconsciously, I was holding mm. onto the dress. Because like my consciousness was like, oh, you might wear it someday. But my subconscious mm-hmm. was like, boom, 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 boom. The wedding, the fun, the people that I, that I didn't want to let go of that memory. Of course so not. So I was like, of course not. But do I have to? Then I thought to myself, all right, is there another option? Yes. You can just take a dang picture of the dress. You know, actually, like, and right. you're look at that dress and remember, oh, my God, I was in reserve for that money. So I did. And then I passed on the dress to someone else who, uh, you know, like, there's this gals who are uh, who I know who always do clothing exchanges. So you just drop off a bag. Mm. You go, And then while you're there, you just go through the other bags and see if you want anything. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> how many of those things do people have in their lives? That is Oh, the- yeah. That's the question, and that's a really different conversation, you know, circling back to traditional organizing and clutter of the clearing, because that is when you realize that those conversations are all over your space, you realize yeah. that your, your space might be more about your past than it is about yeah. your future. Yes. And I think that's absolutely fine with the dress example that you just had because it holds a good memory right Mm -hmm. Uh at the same time that it holds some space for over 20 years in your closet and you found a way to let go of it but the question asks itself to the people who are watching or listening to this as well how many things do you have in your house in your space that holds maybe not so nice memories and emotions right but you still keep on to it because you think you have to or you feel connected to it you you can feel connected to something that Mm -hmm. maybe carries some not so nice emotions right yeah 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 or you don't know until you start looking into it i'll tell you one more quick example because it's so yeah yeah this man who'd gone through, again, another, I mean, divorces are a thing, right? So I worked with a man who went through a pretty um, traumatizing divorce. Mm. And we were going through his closet and he'd moved in, he was like moving into a loft. And um, so he had less space, but he didn't have that much. He hadn't taken that much. And he'd already had all of his clothing line in his closet. Like he'd he had unpacked his clothing and I go, Hey, do you want to just do a pass at that? And he was like, yeah, we might as well. And his whole closet, like a big, you know, like two big doors closet was all filled mm-hmm. with clothing. And while we were working in this closet, this man became like emotionally enraged. And so mm-hmm. like, I mean, and I was, totally fine with that because what he had realized is that all of the clothing his ex-wife had picked out and she had said oh. this is how you should dress this is what da, da, da. 
this is what you should wear to work. Like he had, oh, bought, wow. and, and he would, he didn't even like these clothing. Right. I swear, Linda, I'm not, oh, even, crazy. I'm not even kidding. This man literally had like eight pieces of clothing left. Like he was literally like throw, I was like, Whoa, throwing them. Like, I don't want this. I don't want that. I mean, and his exhibition of energy, like just what, like he was literally like, like amazing emoting and releasing on such a deep level and oh man that he he did some beautiful work and and i, I was like I, I i don't do this very often but i was like okay you've you've got like eight pieces of clothing left are you gonna be okay with that <laughs> i'm usually like yes you know that's great and he was like oh i'm he was like, I'm so okay with it, Nicole, because it was all about this person that he was no longer and never had been. Yeah. And, and if, if you just imagine if that person would have just never gone through that with you and, and got the help or had this idea, right? So they, he could have lived for the next 20 years with these clothes that were not him. And every time he opens the doors, he just gets reminded of his ex-wife or the situations or whatever is in there, right? And exactly. so again, the question is how many people live with something like that in their house and think that's just how it has to be? So many. Amazing. Yeah. 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 And that's why yeah. it's important to be so gentle with ourselves too. And so mm. and to take things in such bite-sized pieces and to be really like, to really be explorative around your space, you know, and I know this sounds crappy, but like, I, I actually do tell people, don't get your friends to help you because your friends are always going to tell you, just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so uh, personal, right? It's, it's just so personal. personal. It really is. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, if you can, if you could, if people could even just, if they're, you know, for listeners that they could train people to say, I ask me these questions or like, I really want like you just to sit there and be with me while I go mm. through this, because this might be hard. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, a different process. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Might, I don't know what and I'm going to come up against here, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Just being there for, for people while they go through it. That is such a different, different way of looking at it than helping in the sense of throwing yeah. stuff out. Yeah. When people get stuck, Perfect. So, when people get stuck, yeah. Linda, my number one question is always like, tell me about that. Like, tell me the story of it. Like, just tell me about it. Aww. And they're like, oh, so well, beautiful. Like, you know, I just, and they, they go into it. Kind of makes me feel emotional because I can, I'm remembering so many. And it's a totally <laughs> different track because they're trying to figure out, do I keep it? Do I not keep it? And I'm like, just tell yeah. me about it. And that is the, the, the start of their process around that they, so they then come to the decision themselves. They know what they're going to do with it after they've yeah. worked with some of the information around it. And while they maybe as well, the, the sharing of just going one more time through that memory or that emotion through that story maybe helps them as well to finally let go. And like you said, it helps them to make that final decision. Do I still yeah. need that in my life or can I let go of it? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So I just want to talk as well briefly about, I know that 
you of course help people one-on-one like you you help people in in so many places but of course not all around the world but I know that you have now as well a course that people can attend wherever they are in the world so tell us a little bit about that of Because I love that, Mm -hmm. that you can literally learn from you now all what we've talked about and actually live, let's say, in Singapore or Australia. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, my uh, I love working with people. And my favorite way to work with people is um, is teaching on my online classes. I really love it because there's a group of people and then we do sharing their sharing that happens. But yes, Mm. I offer a class that's called Stuffology 101 your organizing and decluttering journey. My next course is starting January 10th because I'm in progress right now with a course. So it starts January 10th. um, And it's a five week journey and we go through week by week, my kind of my principles and my, my, not my rules because I don't like do that. Right. But like how to get started, you know, what, you know, how to, you know, how to all the format. And they then, do the homework in between the weeks and it's really great and i really love teaching this course and people get a lot out of it and they are so excited to come back week after week and share what and share and they're like oh my gosh this is what i worked on and, <laughs> and then you know and i oh how much time did you spend 15 minutes and i'm like that's great and you know and we we get to share how it was for them and then they get to build like an energetic muscular yeah. system around how to how to keep doing it that way Perfect. This sounds amazing. So tell us quickly where people, how people can find you. Where, where are you? Where can they find you and find out more about you, but as well the course? The easiest way is NicoleKincaid.com. It's like everything comes stems out of that. So if you wanted to find my Instagram page, go to NicoleKincaid.com and all of my social media links are on my webpage. Um, and uh, under courses on NicoleKincaid.com is yeah. my most recent course that's going to, I mean, is my course that's going to start up again on January 10th. Perfect. And I think everybody should attend it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I will if once you offer it at a time that is not in the middle of the night when I sleep. (laughs) I will do that. I'm going to offer a course that's in the morning. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Because I will attend that one for sure. So check it out. We will put all the links um, to the website and to all the social media into the show notes. So check out Nicole, check out her her course predominantly but of course get in contact with her as well if you live in her area and if you want to book her um, to come and help you get let go of some emotions and some some memories that you might not want to have anymore so thank you so much nicole (laughs) and stuff oh yeah oh yeah yeah stuff as well (laughs) that feels really good when you do stuff Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So thank you so much, Nicole. It was such an honor. And I think we talked about so many different layers that are all in stuff and in Mm -hmm. stuffology. And I just love to learn from you. And yeah, it was a pleasure to having you on the podcast. And I hope we have you back at some point. So thank Thank you so much. Thank you, Linda. Okay, good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.